welcome back to the Magic Academy. I'm your host, Tia, and today I have a very special guest with me that I'm going to be interviewing. You all know him as the one and only Jake Fisher. Hello, everyone. My name is Jake Fisher. Um, my, I, I specialize in Commander, and I'm a current Animar pilot. Um, I'm also the current leader and known on MTG Amino as Photon Galaxy. And I also oversee the EDH hub along with all their events uh, within the Rochester, New York area. And I'm just glad to be here. Sweet. So we're going to jump straight into the interview. Um, and my first question is going to be, what got you into magic? Um, what got me into magic was that I actually started in a scout camp with a group of kids playing uh, casual kitchen table magic. And I ended up actually buying a deck off of one of them for 20 bucks. And I was playing a uh, mono green devotion was my first ever deck. And then after that, a few years later, I got exposed to commander and took that ever since. That sounds actually like a decent backstory. Mine is kind of boring. <laughs> Um, so that leads I me can't to be that second, bad. That leads me to my second question of where did you start playing Commander and like when was that general like time period? Um I started hearing about Commander in the years of 2009-2010. Um and as we all know it became a recognized format in the year of 2011. And I ended up buying the teamer deck that had Riku of the Twin Reflections as the all-star commander, but that wasn't the commander that I was after, as we all probably know today, which was Animar Soul of the Elements. Um, but personally, I know I've enjoyed uh, Commander over the years, and that's how I essentially began. It all really My interest started in 2009 when I started to keep hearing more and more about it as the format came down the pipeline. That makes sense. So, we all know, at least the people on the Amino, um, and obviously your friends, and whoever's really played you, we all know that you love, love, love Animar. But what made Animar, like, stick out to you, and why did you want to use him so much? So, the reason why I loved Animar Soul of the Elements is because, like, a lot of people out there love playing creature spell, or not creatures, not just creature spells, but, like, there's, like, the red-blue players that love playing instants and sorceries. There are the five-color players that love playing super friends, or, as we all know, an entire deck made out of planeswalkers, or cards that support them. And in my case, I just love creature spells. And in all honesty, there is no other better commander at putting out creatures faster than Animar. I mean, there is no other better one. He's resilient, he can protect himself, and he puts out creatures faster than Mael of the Anima or Carador or any of the other decks possibly even could. Which, that brings up a good um, point. Do you think that there is any other commander that could possibly come close to how animar works do you think that like there's a commander that can eventually or 
even work as good as Animar does with creature spells, or do you just think all of them like command uh, commander Animar best best thing to do for so, creature spells? Animar is probably the best one at it. Um, but the two that come to mind for me is either Yisan the Wandering Bard or the new one from Ravnica Allegiance, I believe, which is Prime Speaker uh, Vanifar uh, with the birthing pot effect. Uh, so those, <laughs> those, are, those are the two that come to mind as other popular creature-related decks. Most of the decks nowadays in competitive usually revolve around Demonic Consultation or Thassa's Oracle or Flash and Protean Hulk. Yeah. Um, I know that I mention every once in a while that I'm trying to build a competitive deck, and every once in a while I'll go and see like all the ranked decks because there's different lists of like who's competitive and who's not. Recently, this past summer, you know, obviously you know that the commander decks came out like they do normally. Um, yes. And Atla Polani was there. And ah, the Atla eggs. is now ranking in, I think, the top 10 last I checked. Um, and she's kind of made it her way up there. Do you think that Atla is a good way to kind of cheat out your own creatures by using the egg strategy? So, it, like, like as the more casual version, yes, uh, that would be a viable strategy, but in her most competitive form, she tries to go infinite with a sack outlet like Ashnod's Altar or Phyrexian Altar and then just go. Um, yep, and then sense. have the and then have the finisher be um like cards that would shuffle their entire graveyard and like they'll eventually hit Kozlik the Butcher of Truth or Bulmog the Infinite Gyre and then yep. sack them, shuffle <laughs> their graveyard back in. And the win condition there is usually like alter the brood or something, or impact tremors, or warstorm surge, or perforos the god of the forge, have your pick of ETB effects. Oh yeah, those are all things that I've uh, considered adding to my deck, and that I'm probably going to add in once I get a little more money reined in. Um, so I'm gonna talk a little bit about. I'm gonna ask you a little bit more about um, your experience playing Commander. So when you first started playing Commander, did you find it easy, hard? What are some like challenges you faced when you were first getting into it and what does that compare to today and now so when i was first getting into commander my first ever commander deck was oh what was his name um it was scion of the Ur dragon and mm. like that was like the first deck that i built from the ground up without having the additional help of like buying a pre-con right so, like when i bought the pre-con the teamer pre-con with intet the dreamer riku the twin reflections and animar in it like i was already set up and the deck was already made for me but scion was like the first deck that i built from the ground up and and that introduced me to the whole new world of combos and stacks and layers and pretty much it taught me like, oh, I can stack Scion's effects like so and then just kill somebody. Um, but as my years went on, um, Animar became more and more the popular choice for me because it was easier to get his combos off and he was more 
color centric than a five color deck at three colors. And I didn't have to focus on black and white or having like other cards that would interact with that. And Animar's already got built in protection from both those colors. Um, and like my upbringing was, is that when I, when I first started commander, like I was always like getting losses left and right. Like, and I was always getting beat sticked for lack of a better term. And I had to figure out how to like, like I pretty much at one point I just got fed up. I'm like, I want to get better. Like I, I need to get better. And so then I became and did my studies and became more combo centric. And the savagery of Animar was born. And as of the years went on, Animar got fi- tuned finer and finer and finer until up until a year ago, Animar wasn't technically complete. And as we all know, commander decks are never complete, but I'm at the point where I'm always eagerly awaiting the next set, which will be Ikoria layer of behemoths would be our next one that we can use. And, I am so excited for that set too. <laughs> and all and as the name entails, there's probably going to be a lot of creatures in it. Um, because agree. every Animar player, including the Animar Discord that I'm on, um, all of us are currently very excited to see what occurs in that set. Right. I think many players are excited to see what goes on in each set, but I feel like Ikora with it coming out being like big beat sticks and lots of um, creatures, I think that gets a lot of people hyped. I know I'm hyped because I'm like, Atla deck, tutor out creatures, awesome. Um, how many combos do you have in your Animar deck today? Um, I've currently got... Well, everybody knows about the ancestral statue one, but like a lot of things stem off of um, ancestral statue, where with Animar, yeah, and with everything that stems off of ancestral statue, like it can either go infinite with Animar, and then everybody dies to either Animar combat damage. Um, there's a shenanigan that can occur with uh, the now recently unbanned painter servant where Painter Servant can make everything white and black, and then Animar can just swing through people's board states and just kill my commander damage. Um, another way he can do it is with uh, the popular option is Walking Ballista, where everybody then just <laughs> dies. Um, then the next option would be, well, the recently made Thos's Oracle from Theros Beyond Death. Where Animar would get either Beast Whisperer or Glimpse of Nature out, and would cast Ancestral Statue a bunch of times until eventually I would either draw into enough cards or draw into Thassa's Oracle, and then keep drawing and cast Thassa's Oracle and win the game. Um, then the next one would be if both Animar Statue were removed, or Animar got removed enough times. Then the third backup win condition that's entirely different that doesn't need Animar to win is Dockside Extortionist and Baron Master Wizard. And if there are four more artifacts in play, it becomes mana neutral. If there are five or more artifacts in play, then I get infinite colored mana. Which, wow. would then, 
which would then allow me to recast Animar and then proceed to dig through my entire deck and achieve the same result. Um, And then that's pretty much it. I mean, Animar's got his toolbox of tricks that he can attempt to deal with. Like, as we all know, I'm in blue and we we have our counter spells um, and so on. So we all try to deal with our personal threats accordingly. Oh, yeah. I feel like blue is definitely one of the more threatening colors, especially I don't play much blue. I play a lot of um, usually black and white or um, red, green, and white. So I definitely can get some removal and stuff, but when it comes to facing a blue deck, it can definitely get annoying for me. Um, And I know many other people that feel that way. But as a player, I also enjoy going against blue decks and having blue as a color because it really does add flavor to the game. And some blue decks can make the game go from boring to really fun really quickly. Um, <laughs> so what was one of your greatest losses that you can remember from it could either be from like recently or it can be from when you were first starting game or anywhere in between? Oh boy. Uh, probably one of my, uh, you know, I'm going to go to a recent one. So this loss occurred when I was in magic fest, New Jersey, and it was one of my four losses that occurred when I went there. I kept count of my win and loss record. I had 35 wins to four losses, but one of my losses there, though, was to a Najila deck. Now, normally, one would think that if it's a Najila deck, they would be a very heavy aggro deck where they would create a bunch of soldiers and then kill everybody with said soldiers. Um, whether the finisher be all the soldiers or a Triumph of the Hordes to end the game that much sooner. Um, however, this person did have 11 soldiers now because they could start pumping out 22, 42 soldiers at a time. spot so it was pretty much a five color demonic consultation deck that was disguised as an agila deck and that was my fault for not realizing it sooner but i mean that just goes to show that almost every five color deck nowadays can run demonic consultation with thos's oracle or flash hulk or sushi hulk or whatever the heck you want to call it and just as a word of warning to everybody out there keep in mind any deck that is within the blue and green colors at the very least um, can run a flash hall combo of sorts. Any deck in the Feltai colors can run a demonic slash slash flash hall combo in the deck. And then obviously if you guys see Flasios and Timna out there, react accordingly. So you recently went to New Jersey for the Magic Fest. Correct. Can you speak a little bit about your experience that you had there? Um, maybe some of like the highlights of it and whatnot. Well, I would actually like to bring attention. Like the Magic Fest Jersey was fun and all, but probably I would like to bring attention to the bigger one of the two that I went to this year, which was oh, right. Command, Command Fest, Fest Washington D.C. I mean, go ahead and talk about that one if. Um, that one would probably be better to talk about. So go ahead, talk about your experiences um, there. 
and just highlights, whatever you want to talk about. So Command Fest Washington, D.C. Was pro- is probably the highlight moment of my current commander playing career. And I have been friends with the guy who has created commander for a little while. And his name is Sheldon Menery, as we probably all know. And I got to meet up with him when I was in Washington, DC. And he, I also got the afforded the opportunity to enjoy dinner with him, a guy by the name of Brian David Marshall and the professor, as we all know. And I got to play games against each of them respectively. And I won a majority of my competitive matchups in Washington, D.C. I didn't win them all, but I mean, it's magic. You can't win them all. Um, You can only do your best. And just being exposed to like all these people, like all these very knowledgeable, uh, all these very knowledgeable individuals that are, have been playing the game for years upon years, like longer than I have. Um, and then probably the best time was when I actually got to sit in on a commander round table meeting, which is only reserved, usually reserved to rules committee members or uh, CAG members, which is essentially an advisory part to the rules committee. Um, but some of the big time players with it, command fest DC were able to sit in on this and voice our opinions upon what we feel, how the commander format is going, what is the health of it and like, or what our concerns are. That's pretty um, awesome. So, like, and as you saw in MTG Amino, Tia, like, I was acting as MTG Amino's uh, representative leader at the conference because all of us had our own name tags. And the funny thing is that you actually just were, really- when I saw that, I was laughing so hard. <laughs> and I was like, he did it. Oh my gosh, he did. <laughs> <laughs> So I, 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 I've gotten some notoriety to the Amino. We just wanted to make sure that we all were well taken care of and got the popularity that we deserve. Yeah, I feel like the and... Amino is a great community. Um, and I think you, no username, and the rest of the curators, including myself, I have to give myself a little bit of credit, have done a great job maintaining the community. Um, and honestly, it's growing, and I love to see it grow. So I think you've definitely done a hand for the Amino and leading it. So round of applause to you, sir. Thank you. But yeah, the Command Fest DC was an opportunity that I got to learn a lot. I also was exposed to the guy who wrote the code and is the software and program designer for the very popular Magic the Gathering online engine, Cockatrice. Um, and as a result, I was given the position of a moderator for them. So I've been serving as one of their moderators for a, a couple of months now. Wow. I did not know that. That's actually really fascinating. Yep. So you, you seem yeah, to be that, pretty busy in the magic community right now. Yes. Um, so you talked about how, obviously, like magic, you don't win every game. You lose some. Are you one of the players that ever look back on your losses and try to analyze what you could have done better that game? And do you think that this is a good strategy for newer players or older players to start doing? Like I would always, I always look back on my losses and try to learn what I could have done better. Like 
I try to remember the cards that I used if like if I feel like that I was just solidly beaten and there was nothing I could have done about it, then so be it. That those games happen. Um but there are games where I felt like I could have done something different that might have affected the outcome. It might not have. But always thinking of those options might better yourself as a player if you find yourself in the almost same scenario because every game is going to be different no matter what deck is played or if the same decks are played. Like No, de- no game is going to roughly play out the same way or not. Right. There's so many different ways you can take all of the different commanders that there are. Um I know at least, like, two or three for each one. The Magic the Gathering community is so very creative when it comes to figuring out what they can do with the commander that they want to do. Um, so when you're playing in Command Fest, other than, um, you know, meeting everyone and sitting in, in the meeting, which is pretty cool, what was one of your highlights that you had there? Um, and is there anything that like really stood out to you from the experience uh probably when i was in a competitive pod and it was animar versus joy rochirios versus urza versus um who's the last guy uh food chain first sliver oh that's interesting so that, that that was a pretty hefty competitive pod. I would think so. And the only reason why I won was because of a recently added card from, I believe, Corset M20, which is called Shared Summons. Now, most people wouldn't like wouldn't like would look at Shared Summons with a five drop tutor and go like, eh, oh well, we don't want it, um, and so on. But the thing is, to Animar though. That is, I cast this, and if it succeeds, I win the game. Because it finds two creature cards with different names, and I would be able to find Walking Ballista and Ancestral Statue in the same go and cast them for free. Now, another thing that goes unnoticed with Shared Summons is that it's an instant speed spell. So what ended up happening and what handed me the game was because everybody was tapped out. I had a untapped forest that I used crop rotation on that is wow that's a lot (laughs) that is very impressive and the crop rotation found um the popular land gaia's cradle ah (laughs) and gaia's cradle tapped for five green and cast shared summons at the end of said individual's turn went to my turn held up a packed negation and a won the game right wow that is pretty impressive as i stated before um yeah that's kind of a fun way to win the game too i suppose mm-hmm. um so you talk a lot about on the amino specifically about your animar deck but do you have yes. any other decks that you play um yeah, do you have any other commanders that you play or that you are thinking about building? Um, D Manny is already aware of one of them. I'm looking into building Corvold, the Fakehurst King, or Chulane as my next commanders. 
Uh, the next competitive deck I'm looking at is um, I'm looking at uh, probably five color uh, demonic consultation or sushi Hulk. Uh, <laughs> probably the next competitive deck I'm looking at. Because I I want I want to under I want to get a better understanding for the demonic consultation combos and how I should hold up and how I should react to said cards being used that I'm normally not used to seeing. Yeah, I mean, I think that would be a good strategy if you aren't used to seeing something, you know, play it yourself, and then you have a better understanding and you can play against it better. Um, and that is definitely a strategy that I think a lot of players don't realize or don't have the time for. Um, you mentioned that Tulane you wanted to build, and I don't know if you're aware of this fact, but my stepfather, a.k.a. Elder Wyvern, um, built a pretty mean Tulane deck. It still has a lot of upgrades that, and different way that it can go that he's working on, but it works uh-huh. pretty well. Um, and it's a really fun deck to even just go against. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Tulane's a great uh, creature-related control commander, but I've also seen some pretty nasty stacks builds with him that can turn south pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Um, on top of that, Elder Wyvern has an Estrid deck that he worked on, and he just got a uh, Liliana's Veil, and I was like, oh boy. <laughs> oh no. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, back to the questions, I suppose, because um, I definitely do have a couple more for you. So, okay. when you are like um, at home in New York, you know, doing your own little thing. Other than playing cards and commander at your game store, what is another event that your game store does or that you would like to attend? Hmm. Um, there's sometimes that I attend, uh, Dungeons and Dragons games on occasion, not often. Um, but then there's the new game that was created by the guy who created Magic the Gathering in the first place, Richard Garfield, who created a game called Keyforge that has been very interesting as of recently. So I looked into that and I attend those events to try to learn more about that card game. I've definitely heard of it, and I th- I've tried it once with one of my friends, and it's definitely fun. I still think Magic stole the spotlight, though. <laughs> um, so, you mentioned that you got into this, like, years and years ago, almost, like, what, 10, 11 years ago when you first got into, you know, Commander and whatnot. So, what is a piece of advice you would give your beginning self now? Like, if you could travel back in time, what is something that you would tell them to either help them out or, like, give them a piece of encouragement or whatnot? What would you say? Hmm. Um, I would probably say... Uh, 
Um, let's see. So I would probably let them know that, like, just, like just to keep trying, try to expose yourself to as much information as possible so that you can begin to because it like magic is an easy game to learn but a hard game to understand and if you got into the game early then you would by now you would almost understand almost all the card interactions that have occurred like you would live through banding you would live through all the cephalids that occurred in the early stages of the game and so on and you would begin to well, like, have more of an understanding of card interactions and how things would work. So pretty much like my advice to players out there and even back then is try to expose yourself to as many cards and different interactions as possible so that you would have a better understanding of the game for as you move on. Because it's a, in lack of a better term, the game favors the, per- the player that has the most amount of experience or knowledge of the game because then we would know how to react to certain cards or like someone experiencing the flash alt combo for the first time might not. Right. Um, I think that's a good point, and that players should try to expose themselves to knowing those cards um, and knowing certain combos, especially when they're like going into a different format. Maybe they research the meta a little bit more because I know some people who just jump into the format and don't really research it much. Personally, I've tried to learn a lot of combos, different the uh, different win con strategies, and I'm still learning all of that stuff, um, as many players are. But I think it's a good thing that you mentioned that because that is definitely a very helpful piece of advice to many people and players. Um, so this is probably going to be either the second last question or the last question before I give you time um, to either ask me questions or just talk about really any general experience that you'd want to bring out and share with people. So the question that I have for you is uh, when you are at your game shop, when you're doing the fundraiser that they do every year, when did you start doing that? And why well, do you- I wasn't the one directly responsible for the fundraiser. Um but I've been participating in it for a few years now. Um, it is a fundraiser that is designed to support the United Way Fund. And pretty much all the proceeds, the tournament entries and the prize donations and whatnot, um, all the proceeds to enter those events are uh given to united way to help support the people out there that don't have as good off of opportunities as we do um which is something i strongly support wow so uh, that's my answer to that that's pretty amazing um that a local game store would do a kind of fundraiser like that um and i think it's a good thing to be a part of personally for me i'm in a lot of fundraisers that i do um like the one that I oh yeah you got all your bake sales and whatnot yeah the one that i'm working on right now i raised a whole bunch of money um to all go and to this organization and they're going to come and help my school um and the students in my school package a bunch of food to send to the hungry yes so 
I, I always think fundraisers are really cool to do, even if it's just like a tiny little one that's going to be supporting like a hospital or something. Um, they're always really cool things. So as the last question, um, I'm going to go ahead and ask you probably a question that doesn't really make sense, but it's a okay. question that's kind of fun. So would you ever stop playing Animar if it got boring or if you just didn't find it fun anymore? And would you ever stop playing Magic? Honestly, I don't ever really, like, until I get much older, I don't really see myself stopping playing Magic. And the thing is, is that, like, like it's one of those instances where if you're going to put the amount of money and funding into a competitive deck, like, you, like pretty much at that point, you're in it for the long haul. Uh, like, you're dedicated to that deck. And as everybody knows, like, my Animar deck isn't the cheapest one out there either. Um. So, like, I, I don't honestly see myself stopping anytime soon, let alone with that deck in particular. And even if I do, when I stop, I'm actually got thoughts about just framing them, buying a massive frame, and then just framing the entire deck as a whole, and then keeping it in a photo frame. That sounds actually awesome. Like, that's that's a cool idea. I never thought of really doing that. But I suppose when Animar, like, you've gone so far with it, you've spent a lot of time with it, a lot of effort to build it and whatnot. It deserves it. Definitely. Right. Uh, so that was the last question. Um, and now are there any questions that you have for me? And if not, you can, uh, if you'd like to talk about like another experience that comes to mind, you can do that. Um, honestly, I'll probably just end it with, um, for all the newer commander players out there or those of us who are looking to get into commander it is probably one of the easiest formats to get into because the community is a whole for commander, regardless of where you are, whether it's on MTG Amino or not, commander players are usually pretty casual, easygoing hippies for, if you want to go that route. Um, but I mean, we're pretty, we're pretty casual players. Like none of us are going to be like uptight and whatnot, like some modern or standard or vintage or legacy players out there. They're playing in their big main events, but like most of the time commander never really got the spotlight up until recently with all the three command fests that occurred in Seattle, Chicago, and Washington, DC. Um, Commander never like a commander was always like that side event. It never really had the like like I'm here, I'm the main event until the command fest rolled along, which were supported by three different big gaming individuals. Where the first one I believe was supported by uh, Channel Fireball, the second one was supported by Pastime Games, and the one in Washington D.C. was put on by Star City Games. Um, and pretty much like I was when I went to one of those I went to Magic Fest Jersey and um like that we discussed earlier in Command Fest Washington DC and there are players from all over like if you're a player that's thinking about attending one of these events like don't think that every player there is going to have a power level 10 deck if you will or and whatnot like there are pe like people bring 
multiple decks at a time. Like they bring eight to ten decks with them. Like I brought myself, I brought seven. What? Um, granted, though, yeah, I bought seven commander decks. Um, <laughs> now, granted, though, the one that I played with the most was Animar, so that I could get the most out of my prize tickets and get what I wanted. Right. Um, like when I was in Magic Fest Jersey, I ripped off a pretty decently sized win streak. You really did. <laughs> And with all, just about almost all my vouchers, I was able to get uh, two uh, boxes of Theros Beyond Death with my prize tickets, which is saying a lot where I didn't have to spend any of my money out of pocket to keep re-entering events to get more prize tickets because Animar just won that many times. Um, so pretty much like... The and then another like everybody's got like different play group rules and whatnot. Um, but always remember that there's an unwritten rule called rule zero. Play with what you want, play with what you're comfortable with, and don't let anybody else dictate that otherwise. If they don't want to play against you, so be it. Uh find another play group and move on. Um if it's your only play group, there's online communities that you can join, like MTG Amino, you can join Cockatrice and play Commander there. Uh, there's other like untap.in you can play commander on that uh, program but there are ways that you can get around without like, and play and get your fix if you will on different events and different like play groups and play styles and power levels granted like people like there might be your group might be feeling around a power level of two to four while you're feeling like a seven or an eight and your play group just doesn't want to play with you anymore. Well, then if they don't like that, then that's that. I mean, that's them. And you're you. Like, it's like every person out there, you're unique to you and you alone. And you should come to an understanding that, like, everybody's going to want to play differently. Then there's our CDH guys out there that only play with power level 10 decks. And we only play with the most optimal cards in our arsenal and that's our personal choice that we want to play that way we want to play tight efficient go fast or go really slow games that and that can end with a flick of a wrist but that's on us that's our choice and if you don't want to play us for that reason that's your choice as well um but i'm more than happy to sit down with any individual and help them hash out a commander deck they will find hopefully within their budget. Um, just let me know what your budget is ahead of time, and I will come up with ideas and cards and different ways that you can build your decks, um, as well as a lot of the other admins and wonderful individuals that participate on MTG. You know, they can all help with that regard. Um, probably the next big events that I will be participating in uh to wrap this up is that i will be at star city games syracuse near the end of the month of march and i will also be part of a event that will be occurring at the strong museum of play which is where the national toy hall of fame is and recently magic the gathering was voted into the national toy hall of fame next to coloring books, matchbox cars, and a spinning top. That's kind of um, awesome. <laughs> like, that's a weird but awesome fact. Yeah. Um, 
but I will be at the Nat uh, Museum as a representative of a one of my local game stores, which is called Just Games Rochester in Penfield, New York. And I will be there coaching kids how to play Magic the Gathering, not just Commander, just Magic as a whole. And coaching kids how to play Commander that were of the age of 8 to 13 years old. And that will probably wrap up at least what I've got planned so far for Magic the Gathering for as of up until recently. Well, it seems like you've got your hands full. Um, yeah, you've definitely got your hands full for the next little bit, um, which I think is always good for a Magic player because, you know, this, like just going to an FNM every single Friday can get kind of boring. So always going to events and experiencing different things is very nice. And I think experience in a Magic player's life is something that is definitely important for the actual player and for Magic the game itself. Um, so with that, that this concludes the interview. Um, and thank you for joining me today to discuss um, and just talk about a little bit of your experience and share it with everybody. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening and tuning in. I'm your host, Tia. Um, and joining me today, again, if you forgot, is Jake Fisher. He has a wonderful, wonderful person that has helped me and has agreed to do this with me today. So a big thank you to him. Uh, Tia is signing off. Until next episode. Bye, guys.